BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to another weekend bonus episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home. I'm Brian McCullough. When issues of consumer data and consumer privacy come up on the show, I think I've asked out loud a couple of times before, what are the laws here in the United States? Who owns my data? What are the rules? What mechanisms are even in place to give me any sort of semblance of control over my data? Are there any at all? Well, Justin Brookman is the Director of Consumer Privacy and Technology Policy at Consumer Reports. He was also previously at the Federal Trade Commission. As you'll hear, he confirms to me that there are essentially no nationwide rules or laws in place around a lot of this stuff. Whatever rules are in place are sort of tangential statutes that have been drafted into service in an attempt to address modern issues that the statutes weren't even designed for. So is a big federal data and privacy regulatory regime coming soon? What might that look like? And by the way, the states aren't waiting. They're already beginning to pass consumer data and privacy laws, but do they even have the right to do that? Oh, and is the FTC about to bring the hammer down on Facebook? Spoiler alert, Justin thinks most definitely because the FTC knows it needs to make a statement. Anyway, think of this as another episode where I educate myself on corners of the tech world that I don't know super much about, and hopefully I educate you along with me. What is... I I feel like I've read conflicting things about this. What is the current like framework for things like privacy and regulations around our data like is there even a legal or regulatory framework in terms of uh the control i have over my own data um so historically no um so like over the years like lots of countries around the world have passed like privacy laws um, or you know, comprehensive privacy laws. The United States never got around to that. Um, what the what the Federal Trade Commission is the organization that enforces what, what the little privacy law we we do have in the U.S. Um, but they mostly use this kind of old general purpose consumer protection statute that was passed at the at the, the the beginning of the last century, um, which says the don't commit deceptive and unfair practices. And so and it's mostly is the deception side. So the law is basically don't lie. And that's, that's good. That's a good law to have. Um, but because of that, um, there's not a lot of affirmative limitations on what companies can do. They just can't misrepresent it. Um, so that's why privacy policies tend to be really long and vague and expansive and written by lawyers. And in most cases, as long as they don't like violate something they went out of their own way to say, they're going to be okay. Um, there's the unfairness side, and there's like a long kind of legal test for that, but it's hard, and it wasn't really written with privacy in mind. The FTC hasn't used it on um, that very much, um, though they're starting to get pressured to do more. 
And then we've had a few statues here and there that have been passed over time to look at specific issues like kids' privacy or financial records or like super sensitive things. Um, but they're definitely the exception and not the rule. And so like a lot of what's happening in Congress and in the, the states and other <laughs> the general conversation is that you know maybe we, we need to have something a little more stringent and, and, and comprehensive than we, we currently have. So what you're describing is whatever sort of like slaps on the wrist or, um, you know, you, you, you got caught doing something bad, we're going to fine you. That's all basically up to this point in the U.S. happened sort of via scotch tape and and uh, <laughs> stitching together yeah. like existing laws that don't actually fit what, what we would think they're trying to do. Yeah, there's that. And then there's like the, the fact that the Federal Trade Commission, like they kind of got fairly aggressive on consumer protection issues in the 1970s, um, doing stuff around kids and advertising. And like you know, the critics would say they're kind of micromanaging funeral homes and like they kind of were perceived as overstepping their bounds. And so like some of their, their authority was actually, and it's not about privacy specifically, but, but overall was taken away like in the, in the early Reagan years. And so like they, they actually can't find most of the time, even if you do um, commit a deceptive practice or break the law such as it is, um, FTC can mostly just say, okay, promise not to do that again. <laughs> and that's it. Um, they can't issue rules in most cases. So they, they, and they've been, you know, half their staff is gone. They got, they, they just got kind of decimated. Um, and so like, you know, they're stuck trying to enforce, like I said, a statute that doesn't quite, wasn't meant to apply to this with a lot less resources than, than they ever had. Uh, maybe this is a slightly different issue, but so then there is no legal framework for my data for I visited this website or, you know, that I am within 30 feet of where I'm standing or, you know, how long I like there, there is no framework for, I guess, the ownership of that. Like this is mine and I have some say on how it's used or who it's given to. That's right. The, 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 the law probably says as long as in their privacy policy, they don't mischaracterize that, then they're probably fine. So, which is why when you download an app, it can collect your location and can spew it to a bunch of other places with, with no consequences or accountability. There's just no affirmative protections in place to deal with that. So is it, is it a case of because there's been nothing in place, um, it's just all of these companies have rushed into the void and been like, well, there's no reason why we can't do this. So we'll just keep doing it until someone tells us to stop. I think that's right. I mean, yeah. And, you know, this is, it's a very competitive marketplace. They're all looking for some angle, but I mean, you know, advertising has been what, you know, we, we decided were whether it was a conscious decision or not, but that's been, the model by which a lot of stuff has been monetized online. Um, and I think a lot of folks are starting to revisit that. Like, was that the right decision? Like back in the nineties when, 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 you know, the, the web business models were being set up and, you know, back then Clinton administration internet seemed pretty awesome. And everyone's like, let's not regulate this. This, this, this is, this is really cool. Um, and then like, you know, this, but it's been like, Concerns around privacy, they've just gotten more acute over time as companies have gotten better about doing stuff. And so now, you know, you, you surf around and all your ads are based on where you were like a few minutes ago. Um, and like you said, like geolocation, something that is, is freely trafficked. And, and, and I think this combination of growing awareness about what's going on combined with, you know, concerns around 
micro-targeting in the 2016 election, and just in general, the general, general sense that maybe the internet isn't just all awesome. Maybe there are some more rules we need to have in place to address some of this stuff. So then what is your what is your take on the political mood or the legislative mood? Do you think we're going to see some meaningful nationwide laws uh, at least proposed or coming down the pike soon? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of things proposed already. I think there's been like, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight like or so bills that have been put out there so far. So there's definitely a, a flurry of interest and, uh, you know, in both like the House and Senate and, you know, the House of Democratic, the, the, the Senate's Republican, but they, they both have had a lot of hearings on this. And so I think there's like by more bipartisan interest in in passing laws and passing regulations than there was, you know, even like five years or so ago. Um, you know, Senate the uh, Republicans tend to be kind of more anti-regulatory, but you know, during the 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 Mark Zuckerberg hearings last year, you heard a bunch of Republican congressmen saying, you know, maybe we need uh, you know GDPR, like stuff like the the European privacy law here in the United States. You don't usually hear a lot of Republicans advocating for European-style regulation. But you're starting to hear that a lot more than you used to. Um, you know, I, In general, I bet against Congress doing something just because the default is they won't, and it's you know hard enough for them to pass a budget. <laughs> um, so you know, imagining them coming up with a, a framework to comprehensively address privacy, in, you know, it would be surprising, but there's definitely more interest in it than there ever was. Um, and, 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 I think the, and there's also, I guess, you know, some concerns about, you know, California just passed a law, um, a bunch of other states are considering passing laws. Right. And, the, 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 so the federal part of this <laughs> is only one part of it. The, the states can also do their own, their own thing here. They say the states are definitely doing their own thing, whether they're allowed to or not, I guess the courts will decide, but, mm. um, you know, I, I, there's, you know, it's probably suboptimal if each state regulates the internet in in radically different ways. And I think there there have been court challenges to the 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 one law that has passed in California. But you can understand like where states are coming from. Like you know, if the federal government's not going to do it, well, they they want to you know offer citizens the protections. And so you know, the California law went into place, and now you're seeing other states say, well, yeah, um, <laughs> why should California citizens have some semblance of privacy rights and we don't? Um, so, like, you know, Washington State's looking at stuff, Maryland, New Mexico, um, North Dakota, again, the traditionally red state. But, um, you know, I think this is a fairly bipartisan issue that we want some more agency over our digital lives. What what specifically is in that California law? Um, yeah, so there's four main pieces. Um, the one, like, better transparency. Like, we talked about privacy policies. They don't really say much today. There should, should be more information in there um, uh, for those of us who, who do read them. Um, access to your information. If someone has that information about you, you should you know, tell them what it is. Um, the right to delete data. Um, so if I, you know, have a, if I have a, a file with someone, if it's not needed for like record, if it's not needed to fulfill a transaction or you know, fraud prevention, then in most cases they have to get rid of it, take my data down. And then like the biggest piece is like I can opt out of the sale of my information. So if I if I go to a store and you know they sell information about me to data brokers um, to add me to like marketing lists or whatever, I have a right to say no, don't do that. Um, and that's like the kind of affirmative rights around privacy that we've really never had in this country.
And that's uh, being challenged in the courts because it's unclear if California has the legal ability to do that on its own? Yeah, so there's a, there's a couple of challenges, and I'm probably going to not get all of them. But uh, one is uh, there's an element of the Constitution called the Commerce Clause, which is um, with the premise being that the states can't do things to that radically undermine commerce. And so there's like old cases in like the 1890s where like every state had like the same railroad gauge and then Michigan to favor some local business, like said, every, every railroad gauge needs to be like a, a foot or six inches shorter. So they had to change, uh, <laughs> they had to change cars once they crossed the line into, into Michigan and the Supreme Court said, no, you guys are interfering with commerce. You can't do that. Um, I think there are some folks saying that California by putting in, you know, rules around privacy is effectively doing the same thing, burdening interstate commerce. Um, you know, there's other challenges too. Uh, there's first amendment challenges. Um, if I go to a store and I buy some shoes, like the store might say, I have a first amendment right to say that Justin likes shoes or just, or, 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 or you just sell it to a data broker. Um, you know, there's been some successful, I mean, the, the, the courts have, taken a more expansive view of corporate free speech in the last 20 years. Um, uh, certainly uh, new, new Justice Kavanaugh has, has uh, taken a very expansive view of corporate free speech. And so, um, you know, they, they, it could will be struck down on those grounds as well. We'll see. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that's had its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months or worse. That laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ka-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify transformed ResumeWriters.com from the spaghetti code backend I cobbled together in college to the world-class commerce platform it sits on today. 
And Shopify can do the same for your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ride, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ride now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ride. We had a discussion on here recently about the idea that maybe the, the cat's already out of the bag or the horses are out of the barn or whatever analogy you want to use, um, that maybe either you have to just throw your hands in, up in the air and give up, or you have to start drawing the line at whatever the next frontier is. So what about like things like connected devices inside the home? That clearly seems to be the obvious sort of next big thing that everyone's moving towards. Um, what do you think about the idea of privacy and data now that we're talking about literally um, you know, eyes, ears inside the privacy of our own home? Yeah, no, I think I think you can make. Uh, I'm I'm not willing to to see the 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 rest of it as well, because um, again, geolocation information is really sensitive. Um, you know, web browsing often takes place in in, in our own home and, and is incredibly revealing. Right, and so right. I, I, it's hard it's hard to retrofit privacy protections onto all that. Um, um, but I, I think most people want to, um, and I think is, is a reasonable goal. But but you're you're absolutely right uh, that you know inside the home, you know, super sensitive stuff. Uh, you know, more and more appliances have sensors, microphones, cameras. Um, you know, we don't necessarily want those to be on all the time. There should probably be some rules about um, you know when the manufacturer can just flip on a switch and figure out what's going on and. Um, it can't just be like, well, this is big data. It's interesting. We want to train our AI. Um, no, <laughs> I, think, I think it's reasonable for folks to, to not want that. Um, and certainly in, in the government privacy context, there, there has been this idea that, that you know, a, a, like a fortress of your home, right? This is like Justice Scalia was all about. Exactly. It's like your right. own property. There's, there's rules there. And so, like, um, you know, you can't – and even like using technology to try to – penetrate that right you can't hold a heat lamp or a heat sensor up to someone's house to get a sense of their growing pot inside um you can't bring like drug sniffing dogs or i guess it's kind of low tech but you can't bring them to the to the porch to try to see what's going on so there is like the, this this concept in criminal law where again we have constitutional protections and so i think it does make sense that 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 at the very least from a policy perspective um you know we should have we should have higher heightened expectations about you know how these these uh, devices are going to treat our information within the context of our own home, um, and so I think that you know that could certainly be an element of of privacy legislation. What about the idea of um, software updates and things like that? I, I did a story a couple weeks ago about I mean this was hardware where it turned out that there was a microphone in a nest thing or whatever that no one knew right. about that they but not only but forget about that where it's like oh we hit a microphone oh by the way here's we had an extra microphone in there but you can functionally do things with software now where if i buy a device and bring it into my home to do a thing and then via a software mm -hmm. update it can end up doing something completely different down the road like um is there anything in place to i i guess i know the answer is there's nothing in place to prevent that from happening um no, maybe. I guess I guess it somewhat depends on what it does. So you can certainly um, at, you know, make an argument that it would it could be deceptive like, to like to suddenly you know fundamentally change the nature of the product. Um or like I said, you know, the other the other general legal authority is unfairness and there you kinda of have to prove that it's been harmful and the consumer can't avoid it. And like, you know, if, if something like you know radically changes um such that it does, you know, 
de- deprive the consumer of the benefit of the bargain. And obviously they, they can't avoid it because <laughs> the software was extended chains remotely. Um, then that you might be able to make the case. Um, so when I was at the I was at the Federal Trade Commission before I took this job, and one of the one of the cases that I worked on was uh it was a uh, it was a it was a smart hub that Nest bought um, called Revolve and Nest bought Revolve and Google bought Nest and then Google's probably like <laughs> we got too many hubs here. And so they they just shut down server support for it. And so like this mm-hmm. thing that people paid two hundred fifty bucks for, is suddenly it's suddenly like, like a brick, it's a paperweight. Right. There's um, a lot of that been happening lately. There was a story recently about like those eight hundred dollar robots that all of a sudden the company shut down and right. It, right. They shut it down from the server like it was. It became a paperweight. That's right. And so in in that case, the FTC sent a letter saying like, okay, because you are issuing full refunds to everyone who did this. And you're sending out notice to everyone. We're not going to bring a case. But I think the, the the implication being that you know maybe if they if they didn't do that right, then maybe the, it would potentially violate the law. Um, and so certainly if you sell someone something for 800 bucks the next day, you know like they 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 they, they snap their fingers like Thanos and it just shuts down. Um, I would argue that that's probably prohibited by existing law. Because um, yeah, again, it's deceptive. But you sold someone something and then they, they're not getting what they paid for. Um, you know, then query, you know, where the line is, right? You know, do, is someone required to issue like security updates to a smart toaster for 40 years? Like, probably not. Um, but you know, where's the line? And I think you know that's a place where consumer expectations are. <laughs> well, they're, I don't, they're, I'm not sure there are expectations. Um, but certainly, the legal norms are being developed. Um, but it's something that I think you know, if you buy something, there has to be some reasonable expectation. That it's going to work for like some natural life of the product, um, but I think there's just not a lot of like understanding of what what those norms and legal requirements are. Um, okay, I'm not gonna. This is a little unfair. I'm not gonna ask you to be like, all right, solve all the problems for us. But are there <laughs> are there two or three maybe simple common sense like regulations or rules that we could put in place that would help us in the area of either uh, consumer privacy or, or just even consumer rights and control over personal data? Yeah. So I guess an easy one is around security. Um, and the FCC and some of the states have, have done a little bit, have, have, have tried to interpret the law to, to require reasonable security, but um, you know, just passing statutes saying, you know, if you have a connected device, um, or you have information, um, you know, something that could be misused. Um, you know, you need to use reasonable uh, security to, to safeguard either the information or or, or to prevent, prevent um, like a connected device from DDoSing someone. Um, you know, I think we've seen statutes get close to that. I think that's that's, that's an area where I can imagine Congress doing something, um, and you know, it being pretty bipartisan. Um, privacy is a trickier piece. Um, you know, I think one element that I'd like to see in law is kind of notion about data minimization. Like, you know, just collect what you need for what the consumer is asking for. Not, again, like in a, in a smart home, not just having the sensor on all the time because it might end up being interesting. Um, but to kind of just collect what's needed um, and keep it only around only as long as needed and only share it. Right. And like, I, sorry to interrupt it, but I mean, like, it could be, this is what I'm saying. I wasn't saying uh, the, the horses are out of the door, but, and so 
screw everything in the past, it's too late. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, now, what if you just passed a law that said, if I buy a speaker that I intend to use primarily to stream music or whatever, mm-hmm. that it can only collect the data that it needs to do that function that I expected it was going to do when I brought it into my home. Like, is that as simple as that? Is that something that's possible? Yeah, no, I, I think, I think that would be reasonable. Um, and I think that's, again, another case I worked on at the, at the, at the FTC um, was around smart TVs that were you know, trying to generate records about what you were watching. Um, and so the FTC brought a case against Vizio, um, which, you know, with a smart TV, it worked well with a smart TV. You can connect to Netflix and do lots of stuff with it. But it was also like <laughs> watching what you were watching and then phoning home and I think uh, potentially phoning to third parties too about like the sort of stuff that you, you did. Um, and I don't know how much they were actually doing it or they were just reserving the rights to doing it, but they were definitely collecting it. Um, and the FTC in that case said, and that, this is one of the cases where they use that that unfairness authority. They said, well, that is like harmful to have someone watching like you know what you're watching is pretty sensitive stuff. They obviously can't control it because they don't really know what's going on. Um, and so I, I'd love to see you know either the FTC try to use that case and in similar cases against smart speakers or other folks who are like again you know, turning sensors on like totally unrelated to to what I paid money for. Um, but if you know they're, if they're not able to do that, then yeah, I think seeing some new statute to to reinforce like what reasonable expectations are when you buy a product um, would be a great idea. Um, do we expect the FTC to uh, bring some sort of hammer down on Facebook in the near future? Um, for, for, yeah. for specifically <laughs> violating the the consent decree. That's right. Yeah, they they had a consent decree from 2011 that, from, from a bunch of previous sins, um, but um, I'm like the FTC is like you know under a huge microscope, and again like bipartisan criticism um, from like you know Blumenthal, Senator Dick Blumenthal from Connecticut, a, a relative liberal, and then we have a new you know Republican from Missouri, Hawley, who's you know saying FTC is asleep at the at the, at the wheel, um, and so like they know they have to get like. A, a much bigger settlement than they've ever gotten in one of these cases, um, and so and I expect that they they have the and they they know like, you know they, they they Facebook knows like we can't just like sign like you know fifteen million dollars and we're done like Facebook knows that's not on, on in, in the cards, um, so it's, I expect to see a a pretty substantial fine, um, you know whether they can fundamentally reform Facebook whether they can get Facebook to agree to like stop watching. Everything I do, not on Facebook. Um, I'm not sure they had the legal authority to do that. Um, but again, I think there'll be pressure to try to get some fencing in of Facebook's underlying data practices. 